Good morning and welcome to another episode of F and I'm Doing a Podcast. I'm Curtis, Wakanda's overnight MCU advisor. And uh, I'm going to talk about two things. Uh, one is uh, the uh, full spoiler Doctor Who giggles episode of the special, the third, the third special before the Christmas special uh, next, the week after next. That uh, supposedly it's well, not supposedly at all, but it's going to feature the new doctor. I can't pronounce the guy's name, I'm sorry, but uh, he debuted in the uh, special and in such a way. I I really love Doctor Who, really. When I think about all the TV series over the years, uh, nothing fills me with some hope and some happiness and makes me think and smile and cry like Doctor Who. Maybe supernatural to a point, but Doctor Who almost always finds a way to tug at my heart and, and, and uh, really, uh, really is effective. Neil Patrick Harris played a villain called the puppeteer he uh bragged about how he defeated gods and defeated the master and made a gold made him to a gold tooth which later on in the at the in the episode after he was dispatched the uh the, someone picked up the gold tooth it looked like a female someone but i might be assuming but that's what looked like to me anyway they found a way to uh, send uh, David Tennant temporarily off, and Donna Noble, for that matter. Catherine Tate, who was excellent in this. Catherine Tate, Catherine Tate, uh, man, she is a woman. She really is. I, I wasn't such a big. I wasn't questioned so hard back in the day, but man. She's something else, y'all. I'm just going to say it like that. Catherine Tate's got it. Got it going on big time. But it was it was a fun uh, farewell episode. They found a way to uh, put a bow on some things. Uh, the doctor found a family. And a lot of people online were getting pissed off because Moffat gave him a family. And all... They think he's a. I know there's a there's a difference between Moffat fans and uh, and Russell and T uh, T Davis fans, and I'm sorry, but I like both, and uh, I can understand why a lot of things they were upset about, like the flux and the whole situation involving Clara, and uh. And kind of like what they did, the Amy Pond. The, there's a scene where Neil Patrick Harris's character, the puppeteer, is basically breaking down those plot points and those victims. Well, not victims, the companions and how they've suffered. And he made he imitated the doctor's voice, saying, "Oh, well, that 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 won't matter." And honestly, he made some good points. There was a lot that was like, I was like at a point where I didn't, we knew he was going to make it through it, 
because I mean, we're getting the new doctor, but damn, he was hitting him hard. I never got to see this iteration of the puppeteer. So I was impressed with everything. When they showed every incarnation of him, he's badass the bastard, if not better, if not more. He's kind of like Mixaplik. It was this unrelenting. And it's all about the game to him. He treats everything like a game. So the fact that uh, he uh, found a way to defeat him was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. Neil Patrick Harris did a whole montage of the Spice Girls, Spice Up Your Life. That scene was hilarious to me. I like that. That was awesome. I also like how uh, we had uh, the whole entire story involving the whole the whole situation. How he knew the companions. How he knew the doctor. It was it was so good, man. The second thing that I want to talk about is Godzilla minus one or minus zero. I haven't seen the new. Uh, Japanese version of Godzilla and honestly uh, I'm ready for it I can't wait all the stories behind it uh, how this movie made only uh, was built on 15 million and is killing it I love it a lot of people don't want to consider it Oscar worthy but fuck them I haven't seen it, and everything I've seen to each tell, it deserves to be Oscar worthy. But Hollywood hates horror movies, and they refuse to give any monster movie any fucking credit. Oh my god. Uh, blah 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 blah. Didn't direct it with his fantastic 3D graphics that came come through the screen. Fuck that. This movie used simple practical, simple effects and made it look amazing. You get all these Marvel and DC films, they can learn a thing or two. I'm for real. There's not, there's a, there's some things they can learn from it. For one, you can make a movie look like 200 million and don't have to spend an entire baseball player's salary on it. But uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I mean, I like what they did with it. The other thing that I watched before I went to bed last night or yesterday was Bachelor Party. The Tom Hanks 1984 film where Adrian Zemed and... uh, Oh man, I'm trying to remember. Natani Gatan and Gabrielle, uh, Monique Gabrielle, and a little cameo. And Nick the Dick, who's in a few things back in those 80s. I really, I found myself laughing and trying to stay, not laugh too hard because, you know, I said I'm asleep, but here I am watching Bachelor Party. And laughing my ass off like I've seen it for the, like I haven't seen it for, like I've seen it for the first time. 
you know the premise behind Bachelor Party? Tom Hanks uh, and Tony Katan are going to get married, and Tony Katan's parents don't like it at all. They don't like his future. They don't like what he what he does. They don't like where he comes from. He's not he's not uh, established, so they're pissed off about it. They uh, have her ex boyfriend. Uh, basically try to buy him off like she's cattle and watching it uh, with 2023 eyes is a little different beyond everything everything about this everything about the film the hilarity of it everything the Nick the Dick scene the the editing the porno scene was awesome I uh, I learned New phrases in the '80s when I was a kid, and went in the '80s like laying that pipe, kiss it down, kiss it all the way down. That scene is hilarious to me. I don't care what it. I don't know why, but that scene is fucking hilarious to me. But the scene with the with the couple uh, had being appalled by a, a naked man in the window, and then going to kiss, and then the dude's ass pops up right in front of him. That was hilarious. Uh, the film was awesome in so many levels. I am definitely not complaining. But uh, there are things about it that uh, don't hit so well. Like, for instance, the uh, trans scene. One of the uh, characters, the nerdish uh wisecracking character who goes to hire the hookers for the party meets a woman well he meets a, he meets a trans person and he doesn't realize they are a trans uh, transgender and if you, if you, the 80s is a very different, harsh time for everyone, minorities especially, and people of the LGBTQ community plus, they're even treated even worse in my opinion, in the 80s, for comedy sake. So, the scene doesn't hold well at all. That was probably the one scene in the film that I honestly didn't laugh at, but back as a kid, we didn't understand. We didn't understand what we were seeing. We just, we just, we just kind of went with it because it's the eighties, crazy time, terrible time. But that scene was the only bad scene in the entire film for me. Everything else hit hard. Well, everything else still hits for me. Everything. The Nick the Dick scene, the mother-in-law having the, the grabbing the hot dog and it's being Nick's dick basically, and that was hilarious. Wendy Sperber from Bosom Buddies, who's uh, I guess Tom Hanks brought her on because they were doing Bosom Buddies together. Uh, she plays his sister-in-law, and I, I I she's awesome. She's always good in everything, and she's hilarious in this too. Her, her finding out about her, her husband 
going to the bachelor party and there's hookers there. I don't condone what he did because unlike Tom Hanks, he did not uh, play nice, if you will. He did not touch that woman or have sexual relations with that woman. He, uh, he was all about it. It's bachelor party. Of course he would be. That's not kind of again. I'm just saying for this film. But overall, it was a funny film. I highly, I highly uh, suggest everyone who hasn't seen it, who's might have thought about, yeah, I'll see it one day. Give it a shot. It still holds up, despite that one scene, the transgender scene, and then later on there's another scene that's not that great either. Uh, and the ending is kind of all over the place, but it was it's kind of wacky a little bit and crazy. It just happens there. But I found it funny. It made me laugh. And I didn't think it was going to make me laugh like that. But other than that, I hope you guys are having a great Sunday. Or hope you guys are waking up this morning to a great Sunday. Football Sunday. I hopefully am going to uh, get some Christmas time with my family and enjoy a, a few hours and just basically kind of relax a little. I, uh, No, people go through stuff and they deal with a lot of bad shit. So try to get through this, y'all. The year's almost over. We can enjoy this without feeling depressed and beat up. The point of my accounts when I'm on Twitter, Blue Sky, Instagram is to build up, interact with friends that love movies and TV and wacky jokes and music, hyping you up, you know, if you feel great about yourself and you're posting. That's the only point. Twitter is very apathetic and hateful a lot of times. Even more so since Elon took over. And more than ever, we're facing a facing a very perilous road that a lot of people are not going to be able to come back from. Because they've picked a side or they've crossed the line and decided they're going to stand this. I see tweets of people upset because, oh my God, we've got what we got thousands of people being murdered on a, a, a global scale, and everyone in America is just treating it like it's a normal day. It's not apathy reason why some of us 
treat it like it's a normal day. It's because we've been through some shit. I got to watch my dad pass away last year. And the last thing I want to do is doom scroll and be angry. I'm angry and frustrated. But some people have to fuck around and find out. And that fuck around and find out moment is going to happen. And when it does, I'm going to be right there going, hey, you might have gone about your day thinking everything is great while millions of slaughtered, while thousands of hundreds of thousands of slaughtered across another country. But I didn't. I still know those people are dying. It fucking sucks. And it sucks that our country is complicit in some ways. But what can you do? You can do scroll and be hateful when you still have kids who don't understand this. And you can't be so withdrawn because you're angry. You got to enjoy the holidays with your family because they don't know the pain and suffering going on right now and they don't need to know. So I hate to bring anything down, but yeah, just that's why my account is very, uh, hasn't been talking about what's going on. It's not because I don't care. It's because... It's because... I'll need a whole other therapy session. To just power through that. And seasonal depression... Wants to knock on the door sometimes. And I can't let it. That would do worse than seasonal depression. I'm just saying... We got to get to the end of the year and we got to prepare for some serious, hard outcomes that are going to happen in 2024 politically. So buckle up, drink one, smoke one, take an edible or two, and enjoy life because the hard shit's coming. This has been F and I'm doing a podcast. I'm Curtis. I love y'all. I'll talk to you later.